0: All-wall sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you've heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the Pro Access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Mama. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the Pod of Thunder and Rock and Roll. And today, it's the return of Damien Sando, a.k.a. Aaron Stevens. That's his real name. He is back on Talk is Jericho, talking about his release from WWE and why the timing could not have been better for him. Uh, wait till you hear some of the things he's got lined up already. He's also talking about the pink tights, General Zod look-alike from Superman 2, how gorgeous George influenced his career. You're also going to hear about the Ottawa Screwjob and all the crazy gimmicks he had to dress up as, including Magneto from X-Men. Uh, we're going to get into Aaron's Mizdell run, which was incredible, winning Money in the Bank. The Macho Man Dow gimmick Lots of great stuff Talking uh, with Aaron um, Always, always cool to have uh, have him on the show and, and you think about guys that get released That maybe should not have I would put him on the list I mean, sometimes you're cleaning out the closet uh, So to speak And I mean, even a guy... Uh, you know, you can understand some of the guys that get released, but uh, a guy like Damien Sando, I think, has a huge upside as a performer, very versatile, can do anything that you want, can do anything that you ask, but uh, anything that he was given, he, he got it over. But sometimes, like he'll tell you in this upcoming interview they don't really have a reason to release. They just have to clean up the closet and try and bring up some new guys. And, I mean, in this time, it almost seems a little bit strange that he would uh, be released right before the draft split. A guy like that could have been given, uh, given something minimal and made it maximum. But, like I said, that's the nature of the business. And I actually heard the other day, somebody said that the average performer's time on WWE main TV is three and a half years. So if you can get... Three and a half years, you're doing good because the turnover is so quick and there's so much talent and some guys click and some guys don't. I mean, I'm coming up on my 17th year in the WWE, but it doesn't mean – I mean, it's almost become an anomaly at this point. So to get that uh, four-year stint that Sando has – I think he did very, very good, and I think he's going to be very successful in everything else he does. But another guy that I was really surprised about, and I didn't really talk about this when it happened, when that big kind of purge happened with all the releases, was I was really surprised about uh, Santino Morella being, um, being let go, because I thought, in my opinion, Santino uh, should have been on every show, could have been on every show, because that comedic element that he brought to the table, you could just have him standing in the back, you know, reciting a Chinese menu, and it would be awesome you know that's kind of the 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 type of performer he was and we were in Toronto last time and I went out with Santino I was with a friend of mine who didn't really know much about wrestling and uh, I was like well who are we going out with and I said with Santino and I looked up on YouTube like you know the best of Santino Morella or something like that and just so many ridiculous moments and just as a guy a very funny guy to have in the locker room he was an excellent roller and when I say roller I'm not talking about you know rolling a cigarette or rolling a joint I'm talking about lying down on the floor and just rolling across the ground like super fast and super precision direct straight almost like you know like BB8 in uh, Star Wars but just like whoosh, whoosh, roll one way whoosh, whoosh, roll back the other way like like you know who can even know that like who would even learn that they could do that and plus he was also a great speed walker Actually entered like speed walking races and that sort of thing, Um, so you know had a really funny demeanor about him, and uh, I remember uh, CNN and I used to call him worst to first. Because when he came in, at first, he was so awkward with everything he did, and his bumps just looked really weird. And then you realize that was part of his genius, is that he took these weird-looking bumps but that ended up being hilarious, like his diving headbutt. And, you know, he was always talking about doing the Maserati clutch, which was his his big uh, top rope... Um, What do you call it? It was like a top rope submission maneuver or something along those lines. And every time he would signal for it, M, he'd do an M with his, his, uh, like a YMCA thing, like M. M, it's a Maserati clutch. And the M stands for Maserati. And the C stands for clutch. So when I signal for it, you say Maserati clutch. And then, of course, he sounds like he's from Transylvania or something. Then he would do the MC and then signal for the Maserati clutch and then someone would, you know, cut him off. And (laughs) I don't know, it's... uh, Another time he had a match. I think we were in Belgium or something. And it was Cody and Bob Holly against Santino and somebody. And Bob Holly came out of the the ring and he was just furious at Santino. He's like, Santino, you are the shits. You are the worst wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. Ever. You are the worst. And Santino's like, Come on, the worst? You, do You mean to tell me there's no one that you've ever been in the ring with worse than me? You're the worst. The worst. There's that one person, even a, a student in a class, he's debating with Bob Hawley. Not insulted that Bob Hawley called him the worst. But debating on how that could be possible. And finally, Bob started laughing. He's like, you're the third worst. He's like, I can deal with that. I can be the third worst. But the absolute worst, that's a a huge cross to bear, buddy. So anyways, another great guy that I think I was so talented at what he did. I'd love to still see him in the WWE. I'd love to still see Damian Sando in the WWE. But alas, he is not. But he's got a big future ahead of him. And we're going to be talking to Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sando momentarily. But first... Just get your copy of the new collector's edition DVD and Blu-ray of the amazing documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. It has just been released and DDP uh, Diamond Dallas Page put so much work into the movie itself and into the DVD release that you're going to want to see it uh, again, even if you've already seen the film. 20 bonus features, including a commentary track narrated by Dallas himself, Jake the Snake, and director Steve Yu. It's one of the best documentaries you're ever going to see, whether you're a wrestling fan or not. It's just a tremendous, riveting, uh, heart-wrenching, heartwarming uh, documentary, and I highly recommend it. Uh, such a uh, amazing to see Jake the Snake battle back from certain death, reclaim his life, his family, his career. Very inspirational, DDP helping him through DDP Yoga and just being the positive influence that he is. A powerful story about redemption and sex chances. Right now you can get the collector's edition of The Resurrection of Jake the Snake uh, at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. And if you use my promo code Y2J, you can get 10% off anything you buy at ddpyoga.com for a limited time. You have got to see this documentary. I can't stress it enough. Please, I want you to go check this out. Um even if you're a minimal Jake the Snake fan. And who doesn't know Jake the Snake Roberts? If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, Jake the Snake was one of the most intriguing, coolest characters. I was such a big Jake the Snake fan. I wanted to buy his T-shirt, but I think it was kind of lame. It was green with a big, goofy-looking snake on it. So WWE T-shirts in the mid-80s were not good. I ended up buying a Macho Man Randy Savage one that was a violet-colored, and it said Macho Man on it. And I used to feel weird that chicks would think that I was saying I was a Macho Man. You know, like, no, I'm, I'm not a Macho Man, but... I'm a fan of Randy Savage. But anyways, you got to see this documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Be inspired. Get into it. And then uh, give your own life a boost by trying DDP Yoga for yourself and using the DDP Yoga Now app. I want you to give it a try. Take advantage of a special deal at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get in the best shape of your life physically, mentally and check out the resurrection of Jake the Snake and see what you too can achieve if you believe and do and perform DDP yoga go check it out now.
1: Talk is Jericho.
0: All right, so here with me now is I guess the artist formerly known as Damian Sando, right? Can I get sued for calling you that now?
1: I, I you know what? I don't know. I think you'll have to take that up with legal, but uh <laughs> about changing my name into a symbol, maybe that'll that'll work, but uh, you know, it would work for Prince, so.
0: You <laughs> could be like Samian Dandal
1: We could do that. Yes, I don't think that's copyrighted.
0: (laughs) I always wondered how how they. I always wondered how they would do that when they would have like uh, Rhino was Rhino in ECW, and then they bring him to WWE, and he's Rhino with a Y or Taz with two Z's. So that's okay, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So so it's been a a crazy uh, couple weeks for you, man. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is the first time I've spoken to you since since the big news about a week or so ago. And um, we we texted a few times, that sort of stuff. But how
1: how uh, how how have you been doing? I've been great. Um, I've been awesome, and uh, you know, not that uh, I'm you know I'm awesome just because I'm not with WWE anymore. No, um, it's just uh, a lifestyle change that I think uh, has been very positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've gotten to um, just kind of like relax, take a step back, take a breath, and you know refocus on other things and you know, pursue different opportunities uh, or, or rather take advantage of different oppor- opportunities and uh, pursue some different avenues that, you know, I, I've been wanting to do for quite some time. And you and I had actually talked about uh, several months ago. Things, right. That I, I've kind of had these things pop up and, but, you know, because of my commitment to uh, WWE, you know, I, 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 couldn't just for a, a time thing. And, um, you know, I, I think creatively how I found myself being used in WWE and, it was nothing, you know, personal against me, I don't think. It was just, you know, hey, there's, there's new talent coming in and, um, you know, my body of work and what I've done. Okay, maybe, well, we can just leave Sandow off and, and focus on this guy because I, I almost took care of myself, you know, and the, the level of popularity that I, I had, uh, which, you know, actually shocked me, too, because, uh, you know, when I, I was off TV for quite some time and then WrestleMania, you know, you stand in the ring and then 100,000 people, they give you the reaction like that. Right. Um, you know, actually booed Shaquille O'Neal, uh, that was like, oh, okay, cool. That's, uh, it, it's nice to be appreciated kind of thing. Yeah, they booed and, Shaquille
0: um, and Shaquille threw you out of the Battle Royal, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think um, to me, you know, in, in this last run with WWE, um, that means more to me, like the uh, the appreciation from the fans and uh, than, you know, any, any kind of paycheck I've ever gotten or, or any accolade I've ever one in the WWE, um, cause that's lasting and that's real and that's genuine. And, um, you know, I, I look back at these, uh, these last couple of years I, I've spent with, uh, WWE really, you know, with, with a lot of, uh, with a lot of pride, a lot of good memories. And, um, at the same time, you know, I'm looking to the future. I'm looking forward. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is really, really good timing, too. There's a lot of new guys coming in, and, and give them a chance, you know? Well,
0: and, um, it, it, the thing is about this, too, and and this is something that, that you mentioned, you and I had talked about different thoughts that you had and different ideas, and I gave you a couple pointers, and we discussed a few things, but is this something that, you know, I, I mean, I think after a while, you've been in the business for a long time. Were you starting to sniff, like, my run here might be over a month or two months or three months ago?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what you were kind of, were you like, when you got <laughs> something you were expecting or?
1: Was I expecting it? I mean, you know what? I'm not sure if you're ever expecting um, right you know like whatever, but to me it like I tend to be very uh, left brained and I'm very much of uh, you know the artistic and creative and and just to me, the live events were very fulfilling because I was getting to interact with the fans and, and just getting to perform uh, you know and on t v when they're focusing on different avenues and, and and going different directions with people, it was you know, not creatively where I would like to be. Right. So I, I think it's healthy. I mean, it, it was a good thing. It's, it's a good thing for me. It's a good thing for the company. And um, again, like focusing on these other opportunities, you know, uh, especially in film that, you know, I, I've had a couple offers that I've I've had to kind of push off and say, oh, sure. I don't know, because of, again, my commitments with WWE. And now uh, I'm really starting to explore these different opportunities and stuff. And, uh, you know, spending some time out in LA and, it's good. It's, it's a step forward. Uh, and again, the thing I'm going to miss most it's the fans. It's performing for the fans. But, you know, like I, I said in Rolling Stone, I think about my run in WWE was in the short time I was there. You know, and I, I say short time. I mean, it, it, it was four years. But I really kind of took the fans on every spectrum or every, uh, every inch of the spectrum, rather, as far mm. as emotions. Like when I, I showed up and right away, people did not like me you know, as a quote-unquote heel, you know, I, I was repulsive on sight. I had that big, bushy General Zod beard, um, you know, the pink tights, the uh, the whole deal, and that was detestable. Over time, you know, it, it kind of evolved, and then I they started to turn a little bit, and then the next thing I knew, I was dressed as Daniel Boone and an astronaut, and I was like, okay, I'll <laughs> well, rock it.
0: Well, I want to go through, through that with you. The one question I want to ask before we talk about that is, on the day that you got released, did you like? Did you happen to see online that some people had gotten released, or was were you like just out, kind of relaxing? Is it one of those things that caught you really surprised, wise, or did you kind of know? Okay, this is a day when there's a lot of people getting released.
1: No, I was uh, I was at home with the dogs, and um, you know, phone rang. Okay, hey, and um, they said, hey, you know what? We're um, you know we, we just think creatively, and you know, they, they gave me the whole spiel. And I said, you know what? Good. I think that's that's a positive thing, and. Um, it, it was, you know, very, very mutual because I had actually thought about, you know, what if I was to take some time off anyway? Right. And, and that, that was something I had brought up to them about a month ago to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, just there's so many different directions and there's so many kind of cogs in the wheel and, and elements and facets of the WWE that a, a lot of people, you know, even myself included, who have uh, been, you know, with them for a number of years... We don't understand, like, why things are the way they are. Right. But all, you know, as a performer, look, all you can do, you focus on you, do the best you can uh, with everything, whether you're dressed as an astronaut or Daniel Boone or yeah. Joe, what else I dressed up as. I've But, uh, you know, you do that. You try to hit a grand slam every time and you go on. And um, I can honestly say that I did.
0: Well, every time you, you, you got something, you made it work. And that was something I thought was, uh, you're very much a chameleon in that aspect. And even to the point where you mentioned in WrestleMania, you, you go out there, and I think it was maybe, I'm going to say Royal Rumble or, or Payback or something like that, where you had a dark match. I remember telling you, I, I think you have a dark match. I saw it on the sheet or something like that, and you're like, really? Yeah, and you,
1: yeah, yeah, that was Rumble.
0: Rumble. And you go out there with no TV time or really any type of steam, and people are chanting your name, Sandow.
1: That was, that was pretty cool. That was like... um I remember just standing on the apron, and uh, it was like a eight man tag, I think, or, or like a four corners, right, tag or something like that. And uh, when the crowd was, I mean, they were chanting my name, the uh, you know, pretty much the whole time. And I'm just going, okay, this is cool, right? And uh, again, as a performer, that means the world to me. That means you know what they appreciate, you know, what I've done with my craft, um, and, and like I have, uh, I try to make the most out of everything, and you know, the fans appreciate that, and. Again, as a performer, what is more important? Right. You know, I, I can't think of anything.
0: When, so, when, you, when you first, because you were in the WWE years ago, and then they mm-hmm. brought you back, you came up through the ranks again. When you first got brought up to the to the main roster, which was like, you know, the intellectual to the unwashed masses or whatever it was, what exactly was pitched to you? Like, your character is what?
1: Well, what had happened was, um, you know, it was called FCW at the time. Right. And, um... You know, in FCW, uh, you know Dusty was was there and everything, and uh, we were just thinking the different characters and, and whatever. And um, I was actually, you know, as, as kind of a uh, you know a joke, I, I decided to wear the pink tights on the house show once, and mm-hmm. it kind of just started taking right, off. Right, right, right. And um, so, you know, Dusty was like, "All right, well, let's let's think of different elements and blah blah blah." And at the time, you know, FCW was transitioning to NXT, mm-hmm. and I remember the first ever show at Full Sail is when I did the full robe and towel and everything and, um, you know, the whole presentation of the character and stuff. And uh, after that, it was, you know, called up on, you know, I was called to the the main roster. So it's like I kind of um, was really, I guess, the first person to ever be called up from NXT.
0: But but, but what were you just thinking, okay, this character is going to be uh, very intelligent, or kind of arrogant, or, or or like was it just a classic heel? Was there any special tagline to no, the to the
1: well, no. You know what it was? It was like I, I think, especially um, the way that developmental used to be uh-huh. was you know you have a system in place and like okay everyone's trying to get to the main roster and think of characters and, and everything else. And people have a tendency to overthink stuff mm-hmm. and. I just kind of like think, all right, if the stream is moving one way, right? what do I do to have to um, get noticed and, and kind of get to the same place that the stream's moving to, but go a little bit different, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of make my own way type of deal. And I said, you know what, the simplicity of this industry, I think, is getting lost. So going back and just studying, you know, I'm, you know from the, even like the 40s and 50s, how, oh. why did people react to Gorgeous George? You know
0: did you I'll watch react. gorgeous George tapes at the time or anything oh, yeah. Like oh. oh yeah so what was it that yeah. made people react to him
1: well okay um, number one he was different but he was different because he wasn't afraid to you know wear the bobby pins and the robes and you know, he had very colorful ring attire and stuff and uh, I said huh well all right that's that's really something that's um you know where our industry at the time was headed towards very much like you know, everyone is, in, you know, a lot of guys are just wearing all black and right. going out there and, you know, standing on the second row, putting their hands up and going and having a match. I thought, huh, well, I think there's room for a character like that, you know, if it's executed correctly. And then, um, you know, Rip Rogers, I remember, you know, him with the pink tights and everything. Right. So I was like, oh, you know, what? let me get a pair of pink tights. And, and I just it was so eclectic, that whole thing of, OK, the pink tights, you know, the the robe was stolen. I mean that is a direct ripoff from Bob Backlund.
0: <laughs> okay, an actual. So, and when you're talking a robe, this is not the flare thirty thousand dollar glitter and no, feathers. This is actually no. like a bathrobe from Target.
1: Blue bathrobe with with the uh, the white trim on it, <laughs> directly from Bob Backlund.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: But again, if it's, it's like all these elements, like I was adding, and like you know, with the beard, I don't, I don't even know why I grew a beard. I, I just did, and it it kind of stuck and. Again, it was very much uh, a chop suey of different things, but all different things that were effective for mm-hmm. different reasons. And, um, you know, pe- I mean, people compared me to Lenny Papo.: Interesting. You know, the, uh, the whole thing, I-, I remember the first time I ever heard Intellectual Savior of the Masses was um, I was getting ready to debut on SmackDown, and uh, I was actually having a conversation with Vince, and he said, you know, you, uh, you're the Intellectual Savior of the Masses. I went, oh, that's... That's cool.
0: Oh, that was Vince gave and you that. Well,
1: that. So, you know, like that—that that was his his idea. So I was like, okay, well, um, I'm going to be intelligent now. Cool, you know, which you cool are. Which you are. No, I'm actually. You know what? I'm a really good actor, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I even like the fact that yeah. I noticed the other day. I think Ambrose does it now, but you were you would hold the microphone like a like a wine glass.
1: I, yeah, I love that. That yeah. Well, funny thing was about that is um as time went on and I got comfortable with the character in developmental, I did it one day without even realizing I did it. And and I remember Dusty going, that was, uh, where'd you come up with that? Hold on. You have have
0: to do it. You have to do it in a dusty voice. That's our tradition here.
1: You know, where'd you come up with that? I go, what dream? You hold uh, the microphone like a glass of brandy. I I didn't realize it. He goes, you need to do that every time. Whatever you say, Dust." And, uh, Dusty was so influential on the beginning of that character. And, uh, You know, I I know, like, there's so many guys um, that have been touched by Dusty's wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, like, again, I I know I'm really not saying anything that people haven't said already, but I don't think there has ever been someone who has affected so many people's careers on so many different levels in so many different time periods of our industry than Dusty.
0: You know, uh, it's interesting you say that, man, because... um, and you, and you and you are totally hitting the nail on the head. Like I never had a chance to really work with Dusty too much because he booked in WCW, but I didn't really have much of a relationship with him. But everybody who does this show from about 2005 on that started in the company will say the same thing you just did, how influential Dusty was all across the board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he has, you know, two sons that are, I mean, thriving in the business now. yeah. Um, and it's it's awesome, you know. I I was really really privileged to um, to get to work with him like that, and and to get to work with his sons too. So,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so as the character pro- progressed, uh, one thing that always sticks in my head is is, and we might have talked about this the last time you are on, but I don't remember, so I want to talk about it again. Was when you had Seamus and you were doing like was it like intelligence tests or like uh, trivia oh, questions? Yeah, yeah. What was this? St- that was great. Tell me about that.
1: Well, I guess the idea just kind of <laughs> happened where. You know, I was going to a programme with Seamus and um I was going to, you know, use my uh my superior intelligence and uh I was going to prove to Seamus in the world that I was more intelligent than him. Mm-hmm. So oh god, I remember there was one, uh, the Gordian knot where <laughs> they had the thing and oh can who can untie this and I just took a pair of bolt cutters and cut it and there was one with like the uh like some kind of magic trick with the b bu- it was there was so much and uh it was actually a lot of fun and it was Again, it was just a platform for me to go to, um to kind of be entertaining. And, like, to, to me, you know, where you go and you kind of have an idea what's going to happen. But, like, when the crowd would start reacting, you know, whether it was just a look or I'd, like, throw a one-liner out there, to me that made everything more real and that made, like, whatever segment I was in just translate way better. And, um, you know, it, the feedback was always good from um, whoever the agent was and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was just, I think, a good entertaining thing.
0: You mentioned that Vince gave you the, the tagline. Did you talk to him uh, from time to time about this character? Did he give you pointers or tips at all?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, hey, we want you to be more aggressive. Okay, cool. Because, he, you know, he said with with the pink and everything, it was, you know, he didn't want me to be too much um, or, or not enough of a threat to people. So, oh, you know, we want you to be aggressive. Right. Cool. I'd go out there. I'd do it. Hey, boss, how was that? Give me the thumbs up. We'd move on. It was, uh, yeah, it was good.
0: He wanted you to be uh, in the pink, but not be gorgeous, George, or the way that Lanny Poffo translated where he kind of became almost effeminate.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think in this day and age, the pink was just enough. Don't need to say anything more. Don't need to do anything more, you know?
0: Yeah, just enough to rub someone the wrong way. Exactly. How did you start going? You mentioned before dressing like Daniel Boone, and I remember you and I did something once with—I think it was me and Brett—and you came out as Sean Michaels. Oh my God! Yes. The yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa screw job.
1: The Ottawa screw
0: job. <laughs> that will live in infamy. Oh. What was this? so? So Brett and I were out there, and I was going to introduce. It was supposed to be like a highlight reel or something, and I was going to introduce his <laughs> biggest nemesis, and then you came yeah, out, I came but to, right? I
1: came down as
0: Sean. And people actually thought at first you were Sean.
1: Well, yeah, because, you know, I, I had the cowboy hat on. I had my head tilted down. Right. How we come, You know, I'd study how he comes out. I, I think I came out backwards or something doing the dance. My head was down. And I just remember popping my head up. And then in the midst of this, like, giant ovation, like, oh, my God, we're going to see Bretton and right? I, I took my hat, and it was just like, oh. And then, like, the booze started. And uh, that was so much fun. That was... Was it you, me, and Brett, like we, we were sitting down talking about that, and like one of the writers was like, uh, "Well, here's what I I think," and then pretty much we all kind of looked at each other and were like, uh, we'll be we'll be okay."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you ended up putting him, or he ended up putting you in the sharpshooter, and in, then in
1: the sharpshooter, you the referee. I tapped out. You called it, and and that was it.
0: So. The, the Ottawa screw job. <laughs> how, how did that come to be, though, of you dressing up as all the different uh, vocations and, and wrestlers and all that sort of stuff?
1: All right, and this is uh, this is the uh. Chris Jericho exclusive, I guess. So I had lost the briefcase to Cena.
0: Right, yeah. You won the Money in the I Bank kind briefcase.
1: Of yeah. And, uh, you know, like creatively, there was like, what are we going to do with Sandow? Do we do this? Do we do that? So Hugh Jackman is um, <laughs> coming to Raw to promote X Men. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Ziggler and I were actually in, a, um, in this thing where we were doing street fights and they were like a different themed street fight every time. They were actually, they were, they were pretty good. They were pretty fun. But they wanted, you know, to use the me and Dolph thing to incorporate, um, you know, you. Okay, awesome. So the idea comes, like, one of the writers comes to me and says, okay, you're going to dress up as Magneto. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, like, Magneto with the the black and, like, the kind of debonair thing. No, this is Magneto with the helmet in full gimmick. So I'm going, (laughs) okay. Right. So my... You know, the wheels start turning, I'm going, oh, God, how do I do this? How do I do this? Because, you know, I, I am very much, uh, and, and again, it's a TV show, and I completely understand that. But the crowd is such a part of the TV show. Mm-hmm. If the crowd's having fun, guess what? It translates to TV. Absolutely. And the, people, and the same people that buy tickets are the same people that will watch it on TV. So that's a good gauge, you know, as far as ratings and stuff, to me anyways. Right. Look, if they're enjoying it, then probably other people are enjoying it, too. And I'm, there, and I'm looking at this and they had this helmet and everything. And then when I, you know, I kind of got um, the rundown on what was going on. I just kind of like something inside me went, this ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. As, as far as like, this is not going to maximize this segment. So the people in props, um, I have a great relationship actually with everybody in the props truck. And uh, I just was like, I need you to find me if they make it like this Magneto hoodie. And I, I looked it up online. But I think we're in St. Louis, I, I think.
0: So what's a Magneto hoodie?
1: It was essentially what I ended up wearing, which is a sweatshirt that looked like a Magneto costume. Okay. The hood looked like Magneto's helmet, but it was all one piece. Mm-hmm. Long story short, Chris, I got the absolute worst Magneto outfit I could find. It was like, not even like, you know, <laughs> okay. dollar store Halloween costume type thing. Right. It, it, it was bad, but in a good way because I'm like look obviously I'm a grown man dressed as Magneto <sighs> let's let's just go and let's make this horrible and in being so horrible if I go out there and I play this as serious as I possibly can that is going to make it entertaining it's done very tongue in cheek right it was done with a wink but I didn't have to wink because the ridiculousness of the outfit spoke for itself and um I mean and it was a risk but
0: It's the commitment. If if you commit to something, it always works. If you let the audience know that you're not comfortable in 2% of the way, they'll sniff it out and it won't work.
1: 100%. Right? 100%. Absolutely. And it was was very much like the pink tights speak for Mm themselves. The Magneto hoodie will speak for itself.
0: So then, how did that translate to you every week? Uh, that was like the first one, and then the next week they said, "Okay, we're yeah. going to have you dress up as Daniel Boone."
1: Well, yeah, I guess because the segment came off so well, and I, I think uh, people weren't expecting it to come off that well. But the idea, oh well, hey, he pulled Magneto off. Uh, we're in Tennessee this week. Let's have him dress up as or it was Davy Crockett, I think.
0: Ah, uh, I got gotcha.
1: you. Okay, all right, fine. I'll dress up as Davy Crockett. So you know, guess what I did. I researched, you know, the Walt Disney, Davy Crockett. How did he stand? How did he? Fess you know,
0: walk? Parker,
1: like, <laughs> yes, yeah, oh my, yes. Although Fess Parker was Davy Crockett, uh, I am a big fan of the uh, Daniel Boone. Fess Parker. I think that's why I'm, uh'm I'm, I'm saying Daniel Boone all this time. But essentially, it's the same thing. You know, you have the uh, the raccoon, <laughs>
0: <cat> <laughs> yeah, the coonskin the cat. No, you, oh yeah, so yeah, uh, that's right. So it's it's not so Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett, two different guys. My bad, sorry. Yeah,
1: Davy Crockett was born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, and Daniel <laughs> Boone was a man, yes, a big man. I, I think that's the uh... that's
0: the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um, but no, so I, I, I did that and pulled that off, and then uh, the the astronaut one, and I'm like, okay, uh, let's let's go from there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there was Abraham Lincoln.
0: In whatever city you're in with a famous yeah. person, if you were in Minneapolis you would have been Paul Bunyan.
1: Yes, yeah, and that was just it. That was I guess what I was going for in the sick. A lot of guys were like, man, you know you, you, you had that barn burner you know, match and when I lost a briefcase, which I'm like, okay, but that was that was two months ago. We're worrying about today and, you know, I, I had had you know, the, the street fights with Seamus and, and all, all these things, like the things with Dolph and, you know, that big feud with Cody and all that, but to me, I'm very much in the moment. And mm-hmm. you know what? There, there's a lot of people that would have taken the hand I was dealt and kind of like, but I was like, no, no one has really ever done this before. And regardless, my career will not be defined as this. And I'm just going to worry about doing the best I can. You uh, know, with what I
0: have. And that's interesting okay. man because you, you know not to cut you off but when you're talking about the overall career of, of Damian Sandow mm-hmm. and I had almost forgotten that you won the briefcase cuz you did win the briefcase the money in the bank briefcase which means mm-hmm. you can cash it anytime. You mm-hmm. did cash it in with Cena and you had you guys had a, a tremendous <laughs> tremendous match but I think more of the uh Mizdow and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. your your character performances which, which yeah. to me, I mean, and like you said, is it, the other stuff is important too. But but the fact that you lost the money in the bank match, big deal. We win, we lose, whatever. Yeah. But you know, yeah. it's your character and, and able to adapt to any situation that, that I always thought was your biggest asset.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Again, like I've undergone even a, a bunch of name changes. But the thing is, I I think the WWE universe, like they invested even more so than Damian Sandow than in. in in Aaron Stevens, you know what I mean? In, in me as a person that was performing these different characters. And, um, that's why I think like we have that connection because like they knew that whenever they saw me, that I was going to do everything in my power to make them remember whatever I was doing, give them something to give them everything I had. Plus, you know, Lord knows what else I'll come up with when I'm out there and, uh, um, Just do that, and, and and that is what translates. And that's like even when when I, you know, I, I, I parted ways. I'm really not a big internet guy, but of course my phone started blowing up, and, and I guess there was like quite a uh, reaction on social media, you know, like people were upset and everything. And I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, it'll, it'll, it's fine, it's a good thing. Don't worry about it. Like I'm getting offers in film, and and again the um the stuff with um you know playing the different characters that had opened up a lot of people's eyes in the film industry, which kind of, uh, you know, you meet a bunch of people in the job we're in, you know, we're mm-hmm. in a different shit every night, and, you know, whoever's backstage and stuff, and, um, you know, you strike up conversations with people and stuff, and then you just kind of get to know and, and build relationships that way. You know, the performance aspect, look, if that's the way, um, you know, if, if that's what the public is wanting, if that's what, you know, in the Aaron Stevens brand that uh, is a kind of one of the, uh, the driving forces behind it, then you know what, hey. Who am I to not give mm-hmm. the public what they want? And, you know, we'll do it. We'll, uh, we'll go see. And, you know, getting back to the thing in, in the years in WWE, I mean, I've taken the audience really. I mean, I've gotten every single emotion out of them that a mm-hmm. performer can. And there are people, and you know this, Chris, they spend their whole careers trying to get good at getting one reaction out of them, you know?
0: Right. You need to have that connection with the fans, and, and, and you never yeah. can explain how or why, but you had that. You really did.
1: Yeah, and it, it was almost instantaneously. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and a lot of that, too, is, you know, the um, WWE, look, they allowed me to wear the pink. They, they allowed me to come down to Hallelujah. They allowed me the freedom to talk.
0: Oh, yeah. Hallelujah.
1: Um, <laughs> but you know what? It worked.
0: How, how how did how did how did you feel when um because for example winning the money in the bank match that's no small feat I b- pretty much invented the damn thing and I've never won it ever so when you were told that you were going to win it I mean that must have been a pretty cool a uh, pretty cool moment for you
1: you know what it was but but again uh, I to me that match again taking myself out of you know like taking the finish of the match out of the equation right. In my opinion, that was the best constructed match I have ever been a part of. And there was a lot of moving parts. There was, you know, however many of it, like five or seven or something like that, I don't even know. but
0: Usually seven, I think, yeah. That
1: match, we were all heels. Wow. None of favorites. Yeah, right,
0: yeah. I remember that. Because I, I think I was in the other match, because usually they had two yeah. of them at the time. I think the one yeah. that I was in, Cena won maybe, or whatever it was. But you were in one with all heels
1: yes and if you go back and watch that match i mean cody and i even we, we were partners at the time we came down together we, <laughs> which again was considering the finish of the match i mean oh and everyone was getting booed this was in philadelphia in philadelphia i mean you know again the fans in philadelphia if it's good they'll buy into it if it ain't good they will let you know about it
0: right that's for sure
1: and um you know one of my favorite crowds to ever perform in front of is Philly, and, uh, and and was even before that match. But, you know, I remember, like, Wade was in that match, but Ambrose, uh, Cesaro, but everyone had a part, and then nobody saw the finish coming. I mean, I, I was, like, hiding out in the, um, the announcer's pit, but the goal was to make the people want to see Cody win. Right. And just like Cody getting beat down, him coming back, and, I mean, he just continually fighting, and, I mean, he is, like, inadvertently... You know, gotten busted open a little bit, and there was there was just enough where, like, oh, like the crowd was just so behind him, and he was
0: gave it some extra intensity.
1: The shield did a run in. It was it was awesome. And then when Cody was finally climbing to get that Money in the Bank, and he had been in the Money in the Bank before and almost won, almost won, they were so with it. And then I just come from behind, push him, and grab the briefcase. (laughs) I mean, it it was just so well done. Just the way, uh, and that goes. I mean. Everybody involved in that match had a part in it. And um, to me, whether I've been on the losing end or winning end, which is really insignificant because, okay, how do we want the people to feel at the end of this segment? You know, uh, good guy wins, they're happy. Bad guy wins, they're, they're mad. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, that's what, and that's what the business is all about, right? Like you said, yeah. like winning and losing, it's, it's, it's immaterial. What does the reaction, what kind of a, of a response can you elicit by doing what you're doing?
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know. So performance-wise, I mean, I, I, I still, I mean, I, I'm in debt to everybody in that match because that was just, that was so well done. Uh, again, everyone in that match was a pro, and, and it, it, uh, it, it shows.
0: I wanted to bring this back up. You mentioned how, how influential Dusty Rhodes was on your career. Mm-hmm. You talked about Rip Rogers, and he's kind of, I think, uh, and you can explain this, before there was an FCW or an NXT, there was OVW, and Rip Rogers, it was kind of influential as far as training a lot of guys as well. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. Um, you know, a, a lot of like, uh, I know like Batista, you know, even Cena was uh, was an OBW with him. And, uh, you know, Rip is one of those guys, he is so intelligent. Like, like some of the things he says, uh, and I remember even, you know, when I first got there, you know, um, he'd go off in his tangents and start talking and I'd be like, what? Huh? But then as your career progresses, you realize, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he was right. And, 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 and that's like when I kind of had, you know, the epiphany of, oh, the simplicity of this is getting lost. You know, the, the original presentation of Damian Sandow, which the intellectual savior, that was kind of a return to just, hey, I'm a bad guy. You know what I mean? Right,
0: right.
1: As simple as that is, like, you know, and, and again, to, to anyone out there that's, you know, looking to get into wrestling and, and or training or whatever, but do you need to know how to quote unquote work? To execute the moves, to to learn the you know, this is how you do a hip toss. This is how you do an arm drag. This is uh you know one one of the things that really upsets me was like, oh psychology is uh you shine a baby face at the beginning and, and to uh, to those listeners that aren't familiar with the business that's you know when a a good guy is winning the match and then the bad guy cheats and like no psychology to me is taking the crowd on an emotional. Right, I and they say emotional roller coaster, but even a layer past that, true psychology is getting the paying customers to just be invested in the performance. Right, you know what I mean? To to lose themselves in the performance you're giving them, mm-hmm. and um, that that's really it in a nutshell. However, you get there, that's up to the performers. You know what I mean? And that's the type of stuff and, that
0: Rip um, would teach you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and see, people are like, oh, you need to think outside the box. Think outside the box, and um. Yeah, I think to truly think outside the box. Yes, there's an amount of risk involved. There's, you have to kind of look at yourself and say, you know what, if this doesn't work, I'll go back to the drawing board. But when you go out there and you do take that risk and it pays off, oh, it's awesome. I mean, when I came on and that that hallelujah music hit, <laughs> everyone knew, um, okay, this is a guy we don't like.
0: How, how did they get the like? Is that the type of music they have to get rights for? Because everyone knows that is it just public. Yeah, uh,
1: public domain. Public domain. Public domain. And, and to me, versus like, you know, I, again, like I always wanted my own song and this and that, just because, you know, growing up as a fan. Sure. But the simplicity of hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Everyone
0: has hallelujah. heard hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone's heard it. I mean, that's, uh, you know, yeah. when they play that in concerts, people stand up, you know? Um, right. So to me, look, it's way easier for people to associate this person with a song that they already know, than to learn a song and learn the learn the character.
0: Sure, yeah, I agree.
1: Character associated with Hallelujah. That takes about one or two times when, like, you know, who is this guy coming down to Hallelujah? That's ridiculous. But they make the connection, and it's there. And I think in performance, that's anything else. Like, even if you look at actors, you know, mm-hmm. um, Johnny Depp uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean—that was a Keith Richards thing. Totally, you yeah. Know? But. Lord, I mean, that's one of the most memorable characters in cinema. And, and that's like now it's funny. It's like I'm focusing my efforts more towards the, um, you know, the film industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding it very easy. And uh, because going into this stuff, like, you know, and, and acting is a craft in and of itself. And I've been taking classes for the better part of a year now I'm, in terms of, like, how to do the film side of it. But um the freedom to, like, put your nuances on things and then just kind of, like, your spin on what a character should be and, and how it's executed and not being afraid to say, look, if a casting director isn't feeling it, cool. Cause guess what? There's always something else being made, but either way, as long as you do you the best you can, things will work out eventually.
0: So. Well, and I've always noticed too, and I've said this many times is that if you work in the WWE, it's almost show business boot camp, in that you yeah. learn a little bit of everything that you need to know to move on to the next step in show business.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because even it is, Far fetched as this sounds, Shakespeare, which I'm actually going to meet with um, the head of uh, Kentucky Shakespeare. uh, Oh,
0: really? That That doesn't surprise me, man. You've got that vibe. I can totally see you playing Macbeth or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, and and that's something I never thought I would do, but again, like, due to, you know, a lot of I know somebody who knows somebody and wanting to get as good as I can as a, you know, in in terms of the uh, big or small screen. Like, oh, hey, this lady uh, knows. X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, All connections. Help you. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know what? If Maybe it's almost like learning a couple wrestling holes that, you know what, you'd probably never use, but just in case they're there, you know, I, I started, okay, I'll take a little bit of um, Shakespearean acting classes just to see, you know, if you pick up one or two tricks. So it's, it's very much uh, an art.
0: Yeah, and, well, exactly. Um,
1: so, yeah, like that's something, I mean, if, uh, you know, if the offer comes to do Shakespeare and my schedule permits and... Timing mean, and, and everything is right. Cool. I mean, you never know. Like the the good thing about this is, I can look back on you know the last couple of years, and like I already said, but no regrets. A lot of fun and um, a lot of learned a lot. Um, got to perform in front of you know I think the best uh, live crowds in the world. And um, at the same time, though, it, it's about going forward. And as a performer, you know, feeling fulfilled. Right. And um, again, like with these some of the film offers I've had. You know, I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to, and, and and you know, with with the management team I have, it's like okay, we have to find the right one because you know, it, it, it's funny, it's not like wrestling. Okay, you know, you take bookings and you go and you and you, you learn <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to cut your teeth. You know, this is a very different world, and you take the wrong project and it could affect your career. You know what I mean?
0: Especially so, when you're just starting out, right?
1: Yeah, so it's like okay kind of be patient, like wait for the right one, you know, talk to a lot of people and, um, you know, getting a lot of advice. And I, I've had some really, really cool people, um, you know, kind of mentor me along the way too, you know? So it, it's, it's great. Like I, I've, I've been very, very blessed to have, you know, the people well, sure. you know, kind of come into my life that I have. And, um, you know, even like the Rolling Stone thing, which, um,
0: Tell me the Rolling Stone article that came out yeah, last, like, yeah. right when you got that, released.
1: That, yeah. That blew me away. I'm, I'm not going to lie. When Why I, is that? Well, okay, because Rolling Stone wants to interview you. And, um, you know, it was Aaron from Rolling Stone, so I'm like, okay. Uh, and I know he does the wrestling section at yeah. Rolling Stone. Okay, cool. Well, this was on the front page of RollingStone.com. This was not Huge. In the wrestling section.
0: Right, along you know? with all the music news and everything else.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, okay, that, that's that's pretty good placement, you know. But then above that, you know, and, and I actually did. I sent a tweet out because I remember I woke up like a day or two after the article was out. And... Um, so, you know i my textbook i 'm like hey you 're the most read article on Stone dot com wow that's insane that is insane
0: yeah that's huge that's a and mainstream thing
1: like, yeah like wow that's you talk about mainstream attention that that's really cool and again to me, it was just like i've given the fans pretty much you know performance wise everything I have and like little things like that just to kind of gauge where you're at when you get that kind of mainstream attention, you know the most read article on Stone dot com wow
0: yeah that's huge wow man, that's huge i
1: mean that's that's a pretty big deal and uh And again, from that, like, you know, more people have kind of gotten familiar with me, you know, with with Aaron Stevens as opposed to the, you know, whatever character I was playing on WWE, but it's kind of led to other things, and like, my my phone's been ringing a lot and stuff, and uh, so again, been great, but uh, at the same time, like, I've taken... A week or two just to, to relax.
0: You sure. Know, to, um, it's a whole
1: time with uh, with my girlfriend, with the dogs. Um, I, I clean the shed out at the house, which I've <laughs> been meaning to do that for a long time. Um, it's
0: amazing. You, yeah. actually have a, you actually can be a real person now for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, hey, wh- wh- um, where did the name uh, Damien Sandow come from? It's such a unique name, Sandow.
1: Well, I remember Billy Sandow from the Goldust Trio.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you know? I just liked it. It was an old school name, and it was, um, <laughs> it just had a good, I know, it just sounded good. And um, so I was like, okay, you know what? I uh, You know what? Let, let's try it. Because I, I'm a big fan, Chris, and the person makes the name.
0: Yes. A name is just you a know? name. It's for a band yeah. or a actor or anything. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like, call me whatever you want. You know, real name's Aaron Stevens. Cool. But, all right, Damien Sandow. And I remember people saying, I don't know if that'll stick. I don't know if that'll stick. Well, guess what? It did, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, again, it, it's the performer that makes the name,
0: right? Yeah, um, exactly.
1: And, and yeah, that, that's it. Like, I mean, who would have thought Houdini would have been? Uh,
0: oh, Schwarzenegger. You
1: know? Yeah.
0: I mean, like what? Yes. You know exactly. Yeah. When, when well, you ta- last time we spoke, you were in the middle of the uh, of the Dow run, which is just tremendous stuff where you were playing Mrs. Uh, stunt Double. And, I mean, you really took that and, and even, even gave Miz a, a, a boost as well. It all culminated at WrestleMania in the Battle Royal, and that was a great moment. I still think they made a big mistake in not putting you over in the match rather than the big show. Uh, tell us about okay. that day at WrestleMania. I mean, it was a huge moment, uh, which I think they could have made even huger.
1: Yeah, I mean, who am I as a mere performer to ask why. You know, yeah, know, Why true. didn't Miz and I get an entrance in the Battle Royal? You know what I mean?
0: Oh, you okay, right, yeah.
1: Like, we just were, you know, whatever.
0: Lumped in with the rest of the guys?
1: Yeah, okay, cool. But that moment in particular, and that, that day in particular, you know, of course the question is, okay, how do we do this? And, uh, you know, Big Show is just awesome about, hey, guys, this is your deal. You know what? He was just very, you know, as a veteran, very, very uh, open to just letting us kind of, like,
0: the spotlight was on you guys.
1: Yeah, and and so again, I, I show is a professional. I, I really like him, both personally and professionally. Great guy, and you, you know what? I think Andre was Andre, and he always will be. But if you really look at the things the Big Show has done, and if you look at as an athlete, some of the stuff he does. Oh yeah. Um, I think Show is the best big man our industry's ever seen. Yeah. So, again.
0: I think people forget how good of an athlete he is and how good he's been consistently because he's been around for such a long time. Uh, So if you forget how special of a talent he is, they'll they'll never be another big show. No no doubt about that.
1: No, and I mean, even on live events, you know, to to see him work and um, to really put everything he has into a performance. And frankly, you know what? There have been big men in our business that have just kind of walked out there and uh, you know, and just okay, be big. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm twelve feet tall. Look at me, haha. That's it. no show. Cares and show, shows, shows awesome. And, yeah, uh, that's my comments on him. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but, I,
0: I agree with you on that absolutely.
1: Yeah, getting back to um to that. So okay, Miz and I. Uh, this is this is where we're gonna do it, and we put it together where you know he goes and says, "Let's get Big Show." And I stop, and then he looks. I nod my head. Comes, kind of shows me around. Come on, come on. Second time, and then you know. That was kind of like, when when we were putting that together, I'm thinking, okay, the crowd's going to react this way when this happens and this way when that happens. And it was almost, Chris, like exactly how I thought it would be. And not only was that, to me personally, justification for like, you know what, I really do know my craft in terms of giving a performance and, and taking the crowd on that roller coaster ride. I know what I'm doing. Not only was it a testament to... The, the chemistry that Miz and I had, who Miz is as a performer. I mean, say what you want about Miz. Miz is an absolute pro.
0: Yeah, very um, versatile it, as well.
1: It, it really is, really, really is. But when that happened, and, and then I just felt that, that surge, you know, of, it was like 83,000 people, and then they started chanting. And even before that, when the Battle royal started, like there was 30-something guys in the ring, and the crowd's chanting Ms <laughs> <laughs> and it was like okay you know what this is cool like i i don't need in- which is such
0: it's such it's nice such, walk- su- such a ridiculous name too like just the worst oh, yeah. forcing ms dow right yeah. <laughs> but the people yeah. still loved it
1: yes uh, well again hey uh the performer makes the name
0: yeah that's right <laughs> so, yeah exactly
1: um no it was just like well well look i mean yes everyone wants to walk the ramp at wrestlemania and you know, I've never gotten to do that. My first WrestleMania oh. match, my first year, it was cut 10 seconds before we were going to go through the curtain. Oh, really? And, uh, Who was that supposed oh, yeah. to be with? Me, Cody, and the Bellas versus um, Rotus, Sweet Tea, and uh, the Funkadactyls.
0: I remember that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sweet yeah, I've Tea. Never, <laughs> I, I guess, quote-unquote, been on a WrestleMania card, but I, yet I have had WrestleMania moments, which is pretty cool. Um,
0: yeah, I would never remember that the battle royal wasn't on the card. I mean, it, it was yeah. on the card. It was on the show. So whether it was yeah. on the, the pre-show or not, to me, yeah. it still was there.
1: But, yeah, I mean, you know, okay, and, like, people, oh, I've, I've never gotten to take the walk down the ramp. And you know what? I didn't need to because out of all the guys that have ever taken a walk down the ramp at WrestleMania, how many people know what it's like to get the reaction that I got with right. 30 guys in the ring and then standing in the ring alone and, and to have that type of a reaction There's quote unquote, you know, the top guys that, I mean, reaction wise, they really, some of them haven't ever gotten that.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Look, in the fans' eyes, that's all I can do as a performer,
0: Mm -hmm. really. Yeah, you're right. Um, And
1: again, it's very, very satisfying to me.
0: And, you know, and something Um, else, too, when you're talking about um, dressing up as all the characters, I mean, that's sometimes, and they, they do it from time to time, it be, almost becomes a dumping ground for guys they just don't think they can do anything with I mean, I remember Charlie Haas did it, I remember Big yep. Show did it uh, for for a while when they didn't really have anything for him that's all fine and dandy, but not only were you dressing up as different, you know, the, the, the lumberjacks and etc. Then they end up putting you as 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 a, a macho man, uh, you know, uh, imitation macho man down, which is the ultimate dumping ground. And guess what? You got that over too.
1: Well, you know what? Speak for itself. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, I, again, I, I'm never ever going to complain about oh this or that. Nope. And guess what? Fans are into it. I'm doing my job. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, and see what you have for me tomorrow kind of thing. How did, how
0: did they pitch that to you?
1: <laughs> well, the big thing was how do we get out of Mizdow? How do we get out of Dow? Right. And for the longest time, I just said, look. Cause I, see, I knew why the crowd was reacting to Mizdow the way it was. Why? They saw, or they were beginning to see, the effort I put into every performance. Right, you know, gotcha. I, I've been on to you a few years. They saw that. They knew that.
0: They were respecting you.
1: Yeah, and the crowd that, quote, like, turned Mizdow babyface was the Brooklyn crowd. Hmm. Again, if they like it, they'll tell you. If it ain't good, they'll tell you.
0: <laughs> right, so. similar to the Philly crowd, right.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, I just remember, I mean, it was on Raw, and I was already doing the thing where I'm imitating him and this and that. And the Brooklyn crowd, they I mean, they, they were real. They just started the uh, the, the Mizdow chant, and they, started, they were chanting Mizdow and Sandow, which was kind of funny. But I just kind of said, you know what? You got to take risks sometimes. So, versus doing things to silence them, and to, I said, "No, I'm going out on a limb, and I'm just going to go. I'm doing this. I did it." And then the next thing, I mean, it just kind of happened and snowballed, which is awesome.
0: Right. You um, embraced it.
1: And yeah, and in doing all that, you know, we, we created the whole the whole Miz thing and, and even you know, Miz and I like winning the tag titles. We never really talked about stuff. And the whole thing he holds both titles up, and I hold the imaginary titles up, like. And the, yay, boo, yay, boo. I mean, it was just, God, <laughs> again, some of the best moments. Um, right. But I knew, especially, okay, with the Brooklyn crowd, they were invested in me as a performer. Mm. They, they knew what I was doing. It wasn't just to do it and be this, uh, you know, kind of um, mindless character that's just, no. It was done to entertain them. It was done with a wink, looking at them going, mm-hmm, we, we know what's going on here. Right. And they got it. So, you know, when I convinced, I remember I went to, um, to Brian James, and I was like, look, I go." there's all this talk about how do we get out of it. I go, Brian, all I need is a microphone, please. So, sure enough, man, uh, you know, and Brian has always been uh, a supporter of mine, and I think, you know, but both him and Scott are, are really, really great guys. I agree. And he said, all right, you got your microphone, let's go. We went on Raw, and I just, I came dressed as me, and I, I just talked to them. I, I just said, look, you know, so and so, how many years ago I wore a bathrobe, blah blah blah, and I, I, I forgot everything I said, but it was just it was a very genuine, heartfelt promo, and then um, you know Curtis Axel came down because he was doing the Axelmania stuff, and, and we got into it a little bit, and okay, segment was went over well, fans appreciated it, cool. Uh, the next week I was teamed with Axel, dressed as Randy Savage, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, not the direction I thought we were going. Especially, right. I mean, after after the reaction I had gotten when I was just talking to them and being myself, like it was again a very genuine, heartfelt like. And I, I thought I was made like, okay, we're off and running. Mm-hmm. All right, dressed as Randy Savage.
0: But, but how was that pitched to you? Hey, we got this great you
1: know, idea. Night, we got together. We said, all right. Well, what if I do this? What if you do this? And what if we, you know, kind of bounce ideas off each other? And then um, the pre-show, uh, and I forgot what whatever um pay-per-view it was but i mean we came down that's when he had the mustache and i i had like the new randy savage stuff i mean it and and the fans loved it because it was done again with that same tongue-in-cheek the the wink going "Uh uh-huh okay right yeah i'm randy savage i gotcha and then you know him yeah i'm hogan look at my mustache you know what i mean but the execution of that and I have had so much fun with uh, with Curtis, especially on the house shows. Mm-hmm. So, you
0: guys uh, did great.
1: We we did it. It was a great, great live event. Uh, tag team. It was. It was a great um, run we had and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, looking back on it, for what that was, we made the absolute most of it, and we had a lot of fun. And, uh, and, again, Axel's another just great, great talent, and he's a great guy.
0: I love the story that Joe tells when all the stuff went down with Hogan last year and they they you know they had to let him go or fire him or whatever. And Joe said he was in an airport, and he got the call, and he went and bought a razor yeah. blade. Yeah. <laughs> he went yeah. to shave off his mustache right in the middle of the airport bathroom. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so,
0: so that was kind of the hey, end of it you know for what? you
1: guys. Well, yeah, but the thing was, I mean, we were together as a team. We only had really, I think, like one TV match, and then we did about – Almost three months of just house shows, so it wasn't like oh, pull them off TV. No, like we really weren't doing anything on TV. We right, were just having a blast on live events, having an absolute blast. But it was very much just a uh, okay. Well, can't do it on live events anymore. Cool. On to the next thing. So, so t- you guys had
0: okay. some. You guys had some ideas that you're pitching. One of them that I loved in particular. Tell tell them, tell them, tell us what it was or
1: what they were. Oh, it was the uh, the eighties, like the par- a parody of the decade of the eighties in wrestling, and um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we were going to go full-on Zubaz fanny pack. I mean, just, you know, what going all. I mean, there, there was talk of actually uh, growing mullets and, and doing the whole deal. So
0: And the and the um, promos. Let me tell you something, brother. We're going to give 110% slamming and jamming.
1: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole deal, again, yeah, we, we were talking about variations of outfits. Uh, needless to say, there was a lot of lime green and zebra prints. So. Nice. Did you
0: guys have a name for yourselves at all?
1: Uh, we were thinking about the brothers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that never came to fruition, but but again, I think you know fans would have gotten it. It would have
0: been. Would've been oh, I, I was a big proponent for that. I think I even went and told Triple H about it. You got to listen to this gimmick they got. It's great, mm-hmm. slamming yeah. and jamming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Matt, everything that you always did, you made it work. So now that you're that you've left the WWE, what do you have? Uh, what do you have planned?
1: Well, you know what? I mean, I was even debating. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't. Should I continue? I mean, it was out of you know, the years I've had, I mean, I've kind of run the gamut in mm-hmm. terms of, like, I've done everything I've wanted to do, you know, essentially, and that's, like, getting the most out of the fans, getting them to react, getting them, like, take them on every emotion, I, I know what it's like, but, you know, I, I've had some offers come in, uh, you know, just just some some shows here and there, and uh, I said, well, why not? Like, I, I, it's fine, Rolling Stone, I, I call it the thank you tour, because for me, I think it would be cool to go and get to kind of meet fans in a little bit more of an intimate setting. And just to say thank you oh, for, yeah. for giving me everything I had these last, you know, four years in the WWE. You know, I really appreciate it. So, the, you know, there, there may be a couple matches. Um, you know, I, I got some signings, uh, actually a lot of signings and stuff. And um, I'm just looking forward to, like, just, just getting to say thank you to them, you know, for, for allowing me to do that. Because ultimately our bosses are the fans. And, um, and they, they always will be.
0: It seems like your focus is not to jump right back on the horse and go to Ring of Honor or TNA or Japan. You seem like you want to kind of explore some of these other opportunities for now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, here, here's the, um, I don't know if you call it dichotomy or conundrum. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not really smart. I'm just a good actor. So <laughs> um, I guess you could call it both. I am never, ever going to deny my past and say, oh, yes, I'm moving on from professional. Re-. No, mm-hmm. that is part of who I am that was, you know, as a kid, that's what I wanted to do, and I did it, right. and, you know, I am not burning my wrestling boots by any means, no, because I still love it, mm-hmm. like, the, that particular genre, I guess, of performance is so unique, and, like, I, I will always, you know, be very proud of my body of work, I will be proud of, you know, the companies that I've worked for, and, you know, and I'm, I'm most proud of the fans that have kind of stuck by me, and, and even, like, you know, like, I, I've been looking at my Twitter a little bit. It's like, wow, people, they really, you know, they cared. You know what I mean? They, they right. actually were genuinely, I guess, disappointed that uh, I'm not with uh, the company that I was. But good news is, again, like, I'll be getting to meet them on a, uh, you know, much more personal basis and, and just, again, for me to say thank you to them. And it's a big world out there. And, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of films. There's some, even, you know, I, I can't really say one way or another, but there, there's some, tv shows that have uh have kind of contacted me and um again like where do i want to go uh as a performer from here there are so many facets to that luckily i have a great management team that are a lot smarter and, and can kind of mm-hmm. have the um the foresight that i don't so uh yeah we're kind of picking and choosing and, and the right thing comes along it will be you know okay let's You'll harp know. on it let's do it and uh you know that there's no doubt that whatever i do i mean i'm due to my, uh, my track record, you know, I'm going to dive headfirst into it.
0: Last question. What's uh, your favorite match that you ever had if you had to
1: pick a one or two? Well, again, I said you know, the money in the bank yeah. uh, in Philadelphia just because that was a very difficult match on paper. and um, Everyone was on the same page. We all worked towards the same goal. Okay, I was winning, so what? We made uh, you know, the, that whole crowd, which is a very difficult crowd to turn. Mm-hmm. They got behind Cody. Right, and they want, and and that made Cody's a baby face, and it, it was just awesome. Like that's as a performer, that's the best feeling in the world to me.
0: Absolutely, get the reaction that
1: you want, right? Mm-hmm.
0: All right, dude. Well, you got a huge future ahead of you, and I love the Shakespearean aspect to be or not to be. That sounds perfect oh, yeah. for you.
1: Well, that, that is the question. So we'll, we'll find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out what the answer is finally.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Aaron Stevens, man, it's good talking to you, dude. And uh, we'll see you down the road.
1: You got it, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, brother. All
0: right, All right. Thanks so much to Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sando, for returning to Talk is Jericho. Uh, great. Uh, like I said, he's got a great future ahead of him in anything that he chooses to do. Uh, speaking of a great future, mark your calendars in the future in a few months from now, March 15th, 2017. It's the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho, the countdown has begun till we hear the The biggest biggest podcast ever ever. with Jericho and Mick Foley. Uh, It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear it, even though we haven't recorded it yet. But uh, I I thank you for uh, anticipating it. And I thank you for supporting all of the great Talk is Jericho sponsors. Wouldn't be able to do this show without you or them. And that includes the OG sponsor, Amazon.com. You know the uh, the drill. Use the Talk is Jericho links when you do your online shopping so you can support your favorite podcast. So just one click just one click is all it took Uh, my Amazon links at PodcastOne.com click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page then hit the Talk is Jericho button I got them links for USA, UK, Canada A every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs no hidden fees or extra charges just go to PodcastOne.com click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page and hit the Talk is Jericho button and also I want you to become a Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior whatever you buy take a picture of it post it on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho, and I will retweet it and I'll follow you. How's that for a deal? So go check out those Amazon links. Uh, go check out all my great sponsors at podcast1.com through the Killer Deals button. You got easy access to DDPYoga.com slash Jericho and the DDP Yoga Now app. Uh, don't forget The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. It's a must-see film. Don't forget True Car. My 2016, not my 2017, but 2016 uh, uh, Cadillac Escalade bought from Dimmit Cadillac in uh, Clearwater, Florida uh, via True Car. So uh, go go. Go check it out and subscribe as well at iTunes if you haven't already. That way you won't miss any of the great conversations and stories with the guests on this show. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating and a comment or two. I read the comments, and I want to get to number one. All right, thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the 60-Second AP News headlines coming up next. That's about it. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And on Friday another huge guest Rock and Roll Hall of Famer the drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Will Ferrell look-alike Chad Smith is going to be here Chad and I have been friends for over 10 years and he is a great guy and what a great guest this is one of my favorite shows that I've I've had one of my favorite guests that I've had talking all about the new Chili Peppers record that comes out on Friday talking about the Will Ferrell uh, look-alike the thing they did with Jimmy Fallon Ferrell versus versus, uh, Chad Smith and the drum-off talking about the fight we had in Madison Square Garden during a hockey game, uh, all of the good times, and keep this catchphrase in mind, I'm not pregnant. What does it mean? You're going to find out on Friday. Chad Smith is going to be here. We'll see you then. See you on Friday. And a big, yeah, boy.
1: You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at Podcast podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.